Hey y'all, I hope you enjoyed the first podcast. Come back uh, come back later. After the new year, I do believe. Subscribe if you liked it. Like it if you like it. Um, and give me some feedback. Um, I don't, no matter how negative it is, feedback's feedback, and I gotta learn how to do this. Thank y'all so much for watching. Have a great day. So let's go ahead and, and let's break down the TCU versus Michigan game. We're gonna talk about both sides, what they need to do, who we gotta focus on, and then my personal pick, and what I think the best, and, and who's going to cover and all that kind of jazz. So we got TCU versus Michigan. And let's talk about TCU first because I love me some TCU. They, th- th- this is how they're going to win. They're going to win by keeping this a track meet. If, if it is a, a two-point game or like a three-point game going into the half, then TCU can go ahead and start packing their bags in my personal opinion. They are done. They're dusted. It's, it's, it's time to go. Their average yard of attempts. Their, their yards per attempt of passing is 8.8. And if, if they can keep that or go higher, I think no matter what, they're going to have a great chance at this. I think they got to keep moving the ball. No three and outs. If they have a three and out, then that's, uh, that is more detrimental than kicking a bunch of field goals. Um, they are a huge, huge team that relies on being able to have momentum and have rhythm, more importantly. And I don't think the sacks are going to affect them as much due to the fact that they can just launch down the field with and like attack with Quentin Johnson and that secondary. And I, I really do think that they need to figure out how to make these drives, have big plays like a 20, 30-yard gain, but also have a bunch of five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, and eat up time of possession. Their average time of possession for the season is 31 minutes and 15 seconds. As of right now, I think they need to be able to have the majority of the time, or at the very least, key times. Like maybe you have a a two play drive that ends in a touchdown, something like that, like a really really quick five play drive. And maybe you do two of those back to back, and then you back it up with a very very long drive. Because what I can see happening is maybe TCU gets off to a very hot hot stop, hot hot start, and. They go down the field, down the field, down the field, and they score 21 points. But in between that, you have Michigan grounded and pounding for five, six minutes of drive, or whatever the math might end up being. And when you're in the second half, where TCU has run maybe 15, 16 plays, and Michigan has run 30 plays or 40 plays, then I don't think it, I think. TCU will have to be able – it's harder for TCU to be able to keep up that pace than it is for Michigan to pick up the pace, if that makes sense. I think if we get if we get down to half, TCU has run 20 offensive plays. Michigan has run 40. doesn't matter what the score is. It could be 21-3 to three in favor of TCU. Then, in the second half, by the end, by, by the, end of the game, it could be – 24 to 50, and people will be like, what on earth just happened? It's because the TCU defense is exhausted. And I think no matter what, it's the second half that's going to decide. We've seen TCU go down huge, Michigan be even at the half, and then it just looks like blowouts. Like we talked about the Ohio State game. It's a three- or five-point game going into the half, I think in favor of Ohio State. And by the end of it, it's like a two-touchdown Michigan blowout. And that's because they were able to pile it on, pile it on. 
not physically overwhelm Ohio State, but just be opportunistic in what they're doing. And I like we so like they're both huge second half teams. They both they've been they, they there needs to be a distance from TCU to begin with, like ten point difference. I don't even know if that's going to be be enough because both teams see the first half is like a boring exercise. And then the second half is like, okay, we're going to flex our muscle. It's time to go. I think whenever we look at it, it's going to be TCU. If Michigan's up at the at the half, then I think game's over, game over. I don't know how TCU can match up in the second half, especially whenever I assume that we're not going to be seeing the TCU sell out completely for their run like Ohio State did. They might, they might. But I feel like it's going to be a very balanced approach for Michigan where they're going to run for 15 plays, pass for 15 plays, and it's just going to be death by a thousand cuts. I mean, TCU really does need to be up by 10 plus points or more. And now we talk about their rushing attack, because Max Duggan was a final, was a Heisman finalist. Quentin Johnson is a top receiver coming into the draft. And I think that their running back is like, slept on. They For an average rush, is 5.5 a game. Throughout the entire season. And I think that they're going to need, at the very least, four and a half, four, four and a half to even be in the game at half. I think that's what TCU needs to be able to win. That's a lot. I, I know this is hypothetical and we're just saying this is what they need. And that's a lot of work to actually do. But I think that at the very minimum, if they get that done, then we'll be talking about, hey, this is a game. And now, what about Michigan. Well, I think if they took their game plan from Ohio State which and tweak it to TCU, that's exactly what they should do. Um, that's exactly what they should be doing here. There should be no game plan change uh, like, like from, a, from a scheme. Maybe like this matchup against this matchup a little bit more. That, that, that kind of deal. But I think that I think they have to run the ball at such a high click. I think they need to be going down there every play, every, and just go hard. I, I think they need to be running as efficiently as they possibly can be. Because when you look at that Ohio State game uh, against Michigan, it wasn't so much, like everyone talks about, hey, J.J. McCarthy, they had a, he, they, he had a day. He had an absolute day. Let's not forget about Donovan Edwards. Rushing 22 times for 216 yards and two touchdowns with an with a long touchdown of 85, which really just put the game into Michigan's hands. And 216 yards. Now, if you take out that 85, that's going to be like one... That's like 90, I think. I, I think that's the math there. But that doesn't matter. They still ran... For 252 yards as a team with three total touchdowns. One coming in with J.J. McCarthy. I, I think how uh, Michigan is built is that it doesn't really matter if they're passing. Well, I think they will be able to bleed the clock. I think they're going to be able to hold time of possession and keep that TCU defense on the field. Now, what I also think they need to just keep it done. It's just like At the end of the first quarter, everyone says, game's done. Let's go to the next one. Is J.J. McCarthy needs to hit one or two bombs. One or two 
deep passes right down the field against the seams and down the seams and just take the top off the defense. They don't have to result in touchdowns. But let's say you're on the 30, in the, and by the end of the play, J.J. McCarthy threw for 50 yards. 50 yards down the field, flip the field. No matter what, you get three points. I think that is a key part of the Michigan offense that's going to be needed the most. I think that's I, I think that is key. That J.J. McCarthy goes out, balls out, on very specific times. Let's say TCU gets up 10-0, which they could. J.J. McCarthy comes out and drops a dime and flips that momentum. I think Michigan can win the game outright. I don't. I think it could be a blowout by the first quarter. I think it really does depend on the beginning of the situation, situational offense and defense of J.J. McCarthy. If you're down 10 or 13, or even 14, if it's two touchdowns, you know, like you get a, you're, you're out of rhythm as Michigan. TCU bomb. They, they get two. They get a touchdown. They go. Five play drive, uh, a six play drive happens. Uh, Michigan punts, and then you look onto TCU getting another touchdown. I think at that point, JJ McCarthy will step up and make the plays, which is why I'm going to pick Michigan to win. I think Michigan is going to win, and let me get this spread pulled up right here because I do believe that it's eight and a half. I believe. TCU Michigan. The line is seven and a half Michigan uh, favored, and I think I think Michigan's going to win outright, and I think they're going to cover uh, down and deep in my heart. I'm a huge TCU dog. I love the underdog story. I just don't think they're going to win. I think that if they're going to win, they, they're going to have to pop Michigan early and stay on it for the rest of the game. They're going to have to pop them quick and go. 17-21 to go off with within the first half. And we by 21 points plus as a buffer. Not 21 points total. They have 21. They have X amount of points plus 21 to Michigan's X. That's what I think they're going to have to happen. I just don't see them doing it. I think Michigan, no matter what, even if they get down, they're going to be able to come back in the second half. And I think the only reason they don't cover is if TCU goes down the field and like gets a touchdown and they try to go for a two-point conversion and they fail. And they get it to make it a very close game. I think we'll know by half who's going to the championship. Hopefully I'm wrong because I would love – I hate me some Michigan. Um, but, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. And we'll see Saturday. Okay. I think it's time. I think it's time that we finally talk about UGA Ohio State. UGA Ohio State will be a very tough game for me to watch. I love UGA. Born and raised Bulldogs. But but I got family connections up in Ohio State, so no matter what, I'm just looking for a great game here. The spread is 6.5 in favor of the Dogs, and with an over-under of 62. And I'm just going to say some outrageous stats here. Georgia, whenever I watch Georgia football, what do I think of? Like, historically, I'm thinking they're going to run the ball. They're going to have a 1,000 rushing attempts, and and no one's going to be able to stop them. But whenever I watch them this year, I don't have any... Like, uh, I can pull up all the stats that I want. 
What have I watched them this year? Watched them this year. They seem to trust Stetson to go out there, make throws that he needs. And I don't know. I think whenever you look at UGA Ohio State, you look at the UGA offense and how it seems that we can throw to anyone. Just for a couple of stats. Stetson Bennett has thrown 3,425 yards. 20 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Whenever I watch him play against a top team such as like that Tennessee game, it lights out. Whenever I watch him play against the Mizzou, Kent State, it looks like he's a Juco player. And I think whenever we see them play against Ohio State, we're going to see the best version of Stetson Bennett. Now, I got this stat from Late Kick Podcast with Josh Pate. Um, Just straight up. Ohio State's defense ranks whatever in the country. But it's like top five against rushing back, running backs and tight ends in the, in the pass department. And when you look at Georgia football and their top receivers, it goes Brock Bowers, which, who's a tight end. Ladra Conkley, who's a wide receiver. Kenny McIntosh, which is a running back. And then Darnell Washington, which is a tight end. And it is just, we trust our tight ends to an extreme amount. We trust Buck Bowers. I've seen him make circus plays. I've seen him go up and get the ball, get down, and then run for a touchdown. I've I've seen him do everything. He is a unicorn. I love him. I love watching him play. Darnell Washington is a freak of nature. Just going to say that up front. He is going to... He he mosses people at tight end. I I just love watching him play. Um, but I really do think that the wide receiving weapons, uh, Bowers, McConkley, Washington, and the running back entourage that we have, is a very very tough cookie to just go out there and shut down. I trust Ohio. I, I truly love Todd Bowles though. I think that. He is a great defensive coordinator, and I think that he was not seen, uh, he was not found out during the uh, during the Michigan-Ohio State game. I think it was a couple really great plays by Michigan players, and not so much just Ohio State scheme did not work. I think they could have done a lot of things better, but that's not the point here. When if you look at the Georgia football, this is what they need to do to win. They need to play... They need to take Michigan's plan, everything that Michigan did, and replicate it. Because I think that UGA has the better talent. I think they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. I think they're just a better Michigan by a lot. But what a lot of people think is that this is going to be a stop. It's going to be 10 minutes, and by the time the first quarter's over, it's over. Some people think that. I think this is going to be the greatest test for Ohio State and Georgia. I think Georgia will need to be able to extend drives, which is what they've been shown to do. But on defense, I think they're going to be stretched like they haven't before. I think this Ohio State line is the best O-line I think they'll meet all year. I'm trying to think, maybe because they tore apart Tennessee's, but by watching the games, they don't generate sacks in a regular game. In the big games, they seem to generate as many sacks as they want. So uh, you get like, those famous the famous sacks where it's Jalen Carter picking up Jaden Daniels in the SEC championship game. 
or you get the fumble out, out at Hendon Hooker. That's, I think it's set up uh, the second touchdown of the game or something crazy like that. And I think when you look at Georgia football, they're going to win if they can generate pressure. Because I think C.J. Stroud is, a, is better than Stetson Bennett. And when whoever has a better quarterback, a lot of times wins. I think they have a better quarterback. I think their overall wide, top wide receiver is best than our wide receiver. Now, if you're doing uh, Marvin Harris Jr. versus Brock Bowers, that's, that's different. I think that they both provide such different sets that they are equal as players. But we're going to need the defense to really show up. And I have no reason to think they won't. Um, I just wish they would have done it and given us more vindication in the regular season. That's just a gripe I have. But whenever we look at Georgia football, this is what I want the game plan to be. I want them to be able to run the ball with Kenny McIntosh or Brock Bowers or whoever just to get the run game going so they have to be honest. I think that if we let them get out there and they know that we just want to throw it, then the the the, the, the ah, sorry, then it's going to be a lot harder for us. I think Kirby has no intention of doing that. I think we're going to see so many new looks that we really haven't thought of. I think they're going to come out in a lot of two tight end sets, probably a lot of twenty one. I think that's the right one. Maybe it's twelve. I don't know. Um. But I think it's going to be a very close game overall just because I think that's the style of football that Georgia plays. Um, I think we blow teams out when we feel slighted or when they feel like they're not beginning the respect. And I think everyone is... I think Ohio State is coming in to play in Atlanta, which is Georgia's backyard. And they know that, hey, we're the underdog. We got house money. Now to speak about Ohio State. Ohio State will win this game is if they can create long drives. When you look at the Ohio State game against Michigan, let me pull it up real quick. When you look at their plays, they have the first play is 12 plays, it's a touchdown. Then you got 10 plays, which is a field goal, eight, eight plays on downs. Those are the first three drives. Then you got a four play punt, six play field goal. Four play touchdown, three play punt into the half. Five punt, five plays punt, three punt, three plays punt, three plays punt. Seven plays field goal, ten plays interception, four plays interception, and the game is over. Ohio State will be able to win this game, or at least at the very least, at the very least, make it competitive if they can sustain plays. Sustain drives. I'm sorry. They have to go out there and do long drives and contain them and sustain them to put pressure on the UGA defense. If they're going to go out there, do four plays, and score a touchdown, I, I, I honest to God think that's better because that means that we that the UGA offense gets to go out there and grind down their defense so they can do it again in the second half. So they can go down there to so the UGA offense in the second half, can stand it onto the field, throw up do two plays in a drive, and then send the defense out to wreak havoc. A fresh defense, basically. Their goal is to sustain drives. Their goal is going to be, hey, we're going to go out there, we're going to stand up, we're going to defend these drives, we're going to play them. We're going to have a 10-play, 6-minute drive, 7-play, 8-minute drive. They have to just create drives. That's the short and skinny of it. If Ohio State does not go and do that, then they won't. C.J. Stroud needs to go out there and have a career day. Because 
because he needs to have a career day and something we haven't seen him before. When you look at Bryce Young and you look at other top-level quarterbacks like Caleb Williams, they understand that they can run. They don't use it as their first option or their second option. They use it as their third, fourth, fifth to extend plays in key situations. And if he's not, and if CJ Stroud's not going to do that, then I think the game is over before the ball snaps. Now, of course, he can go throw for 400, 500 yards, and they win like that. But I think if he's not going to run, then Kirby will be able to put seven guys in coverage the entire day. Eight, uh, if they, he just wants to rush three. What, he puts Jalen Carter out there and two other guys on the edge. I bet he could do that. And he just rushes three or four the entire day. And the rest are in coverage because he th- he doesn't think he'll run. And I think that's fair. Um, I'm not very... I, I think that they're going to need to have a career day rushing as well. Just to like be... Because uh, I think that's their key to being able to keep their drives alive. They have a 5.5 rushing average per game for every attempt. And they rush for about 198 yards a game. I just think that the 5.5 is paramount. They have to be able to run for 4 to 5 yards. Like They, they cannot take too many 1, 2, 3 yard gains. They have to be able to get chunks of plays within the chains. Um, I think I would rather see Ohio State not get, move slowly down the field and still score a touchdown than a flashy play. I know like TV doesn't want to see that, but that's how Ohio State is going to win. By dragging the game out and making it slower so Georgia can have the ball less. Yeah, like, whoa, that's that's really hard to think about. But I just think that if Ohio State, Ohio State can slow the game and make it more about their offense and not so much their defense or Georgia's offense, then they're going to have a much higher chance to be able to do it. And I think, I, I would assume Keely Ringo is going to be matched against Marvin Harrison Jr. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a stud. I think... CJ, if I did if if I did like player props, which I don't, I would do like CJ Stroud, X amount of yards, X amount, and like one interception. I think he's going to go throw one to Keely Ringo, and it's just going to be like a great highlight play, like the one with against Hendon Hooker. That was a great highlight play. That was a great play in the game. Whenever Keely Ringo was able to get that interception, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is about to go have a day, and I, I just kind of want to see what how their defense is going to respond to Georgia's attack. Is it going to be what they did in the first half against Michigan, where they just say, you're not going to run the ball. It makes sense and throw it, which we've seen them be able to do. Or are they going to try to play, we're going to let you, we're going to do a pin, not break. And just be like, once we get into the red zone, you won't get past us. And I think the contrast between those ideas are going to be very interesting. And I think that at the end of the day, if, I'm, I'm kind of cheat this year, if Ohio State and UGA, whenever they play, Spread is six and a half right now. I'm going to pick UGA to win. I think UGA is the better team. I think that they had struggles against Ohio uh, against. I think Ohio State had troubles against Michigan, and I think that those same problems are going to rear their head again in Georgia. Um, I still don't think they're going to be like physically outclassed. I just think that eventually they're going to tire out faster than Georgia will. I think Ohio State is more explosive which is why I'm going to pick Georgia to win, but Ohio State to cover. 
I don't see this being more than a touchdown. If, it, if it's a touchdown, um, then UJ does cover. But I, I, I don't see it being more than that unless it just gets late early. If like we're going to the second quarter and it's already 21-7 or something like that, Georgia, then it might be late early. Um, I definitely do think that this is going to be a great test for both teams to see where they are. I think that we need to talk about what happens if Ryan Day loses again. Because that means he's lost to Michigan twice. He's lost to Alabama. And he's lost to Georgia. Three teams that are elite teams. And the two, the three previous losses are not, were not competitive. They just weren't. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think it was the 2022 game, the MVP of the, of the national championship game where Ohio State played Alabama. The MVP, Devontae Smith, did not play the second half, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Let me look that up real quick. Because now I'm like, oh, no. I, I started I started this podcast. I'm just like, uh, do I want to be that wrong? Really? Oh, there we go. Uh, Ohio State. Do, do, do. One second. I am so sorry. But, yeah, no, no. That's, that's generally the gist of what I'm thinking is that they will not oh yeah okay so it was Alabama and let's see here that's not what I wanted to see it was Alabama the 2022 and I just think Devontae Smith yeah 12 receptions for 253 touchdowns that's right that's right um I definitely do think that if if Ohio State loses again we're going to have to talk about the situation where I think Ryan Day's a great coach, but he's now lost to Michigan embarrassingly twice, and he's lost to Alabama embarrassingly twice. And now we're going to have to see if he loses to Georgia. Now, if it's close, I think the conversation is off. I think that if he plays a competitive game, there we go. And then we got to talk about Kirby. Championship. He's been in the championship for two straight years. I think it's like six... In the past five, I think something like that. I think we're going to start talking about... I personally don't think that... I think it's way too soon to say this, but I read it on uh, ESPN, and we're going to start seeing people start talking about a dynasty. And I'm just like, Saban's still here. We'll see. I think if Cur- I, I think no matter what, this season, and every season that Kirby is here, if we're competing for a chip, and if they're competing for uh, like sustained success... I think Kirby will be good. I think the problem with Ohio State is the game with Michigan. It's the game that decides everything else. And I think people that don't follow the Buckeyes don't realize that. They're like, why are they talking about Ryan Day getting fired? It's because Michigan is the game. If you lose against Michigan, you're not going to play for the Big Ten Championship. If you're not playing for the Big Ten Championship, probably not playing for the for the college football playoffs. This year, it worked out that way. But that's generally how it is. Um, So, yeah.